because this was his, and he spun his whole web all over. But now this new owner comes in, and then he takes a little broom, and he just, one turn of the broom and that whole spider's castle is nothing. And in fact, if he just blows a little hard enough, it might fall. Allah Ta'ala gives these examples in the Quran Kadeesh, that this castle, this was the castle of the spider, and it was like the king of this castle, but in one wave of the broom, nothing remains. One day this dunya also, and Allah Ta'ala's hookup will come, and the command of Allah Ta'ala will be there for the trumpet to be blown, the whole dunya will exist. Mountains will be flying around like cotton wool. So Allah Ta'ala gives many, many examples in the Quran Sharif. And these examples are for us to take ibrah, to take a lesson, not just for the sake of some kind of entertainment, for some just discussion, no, for a person to take ibrah from it, to learn a lesson from it, and to apply the lesson in his life. So Allah Ta'ala gives the example of Iman, which is the greatest and most valuable wealth that we possess. And this wealth Allah Ta'ala has blessed us purely by His grace. It's not our achievement in any degree. Nobody, nobody, nobody can boast over having Iman, Nobody can, nobody can, nobody can feel proud over having the Iman. Yes, Iman. Yes, Iman. Yes, he must feel very, very grateful. Extremely grateful. Allah Ta'ala has selected him out of the billions of people in the world. Allah Ta'ala selected him to bless him with Iman. Every one of us has to be deeply grateful. But it's surely Allah Ta'ala's gift. It's not based on anybody's intelligence anybody's social standing, nothing. They purely on Allah Ta'ala's giving. So this greatest gift of Imam that Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with, Allah Ta'ala is saying, وَضَرَبَ اللَّهُ مَثَلًا كَلِمَةً طَيِّبًا Allah Ta'ala gives an example of this, an example of this, an example of this, كَلِمَةً طَيِّبًا This kalima of Iman, this Iman itself. What is the example of this? كَشَجَرَةٍ طَيِّبًا like an excellent tree, a tree which is growing in the best soil and from the best seed, and the tree has sprouted forth of, of. Then Allah gives the description of the tree. That its roots deeply embedded in the ground. If there's a Huge storm, there's the most severe wind, but nothing shakes the tree. It's so firmly rooted. Whatever storms can come, but it doesn't move it in any way. And its branches high up in the sky. Obviously, a tree is so big, so the Firmness of it can be imagined because the higher it goes, the deeper the roots would be. And then together with the higher it goes, then it would be closer to better air. And the quality of the fruit would be greater. And together with that, it would be wider, the shade would be much more, the span of that shade would be how far. Allah says the branches are high up in the sky. And then this is not a seasonal tree. Some trees, some parts of the year will be fully 
completely covered in leaves and flowers and then it will be bearing fruits and then some parts of the year completely bare, nothing. From a far distance to a person sees it, he just sees there's something sticking out in the air, nothing there. And he comes nearby to, there's nothing to attack him. Completely bare. So seasonal tree. Allah Ta'ala says this tree of Iman is not a seasonal tree. تُعْتِي أُكُلَهَا كُلَّ حِينٍ بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهَا That it gives its fruit at every moment. There isn't a moment that is not giving its fruit. بِإِذْنِ رَبِّهَا With the permission of His Rabb. Permission of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala says Allah Ta'ala gives these examples so that we may ponder, we may take a lesson. So now this message that is being given to us and this example that has been given to us of Iman being like a tree. So now in Saad we see trees all around us, so, so we can understand what a tree is all about. So what is a tree? It starts off with that seed that was planted. That seed gets planted, it gets planted under the ground, under the surface. It's covered. After the seed gets planted, it's covered, you can't see anything. But the seed is there, it might already start germinating, but you can't see anything. So when you can't see anything, nobody appreciates what's there. It doesn't, it doesn't attract anybody. It can't give anybody any benefit. So it's under the ground, what benefit is going to give? So for the tree to be beneficial, to be attractive, to draw the hearts and minds of people towards it, it has to come out of the ground. Allah Ta'ala is giving us this example that MashaAllah, Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with that Iman, Allah Ta'ala's gift, Allah Ta'ala's grace and mercy. But that seed of Iman that is deep down in the land of the heart, it mustn't just stay there. Yes, that Iman is there, Alhamdulillah, one day take him to Jannah. But that Iman must now come out of the ground, it must show itself. That Iman must become visible in a person's actions, must become visible in a person's words, must become visible in his appearance, must become visible in how he deals with people, must become visible in everything. Like a tree, now come out of the ground. So now the tree has come out of the ground, it's visible. So Iman must become visible. And then this tree grows up, like in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah gives the example of Iman also. With a tree. The Quran Sharif gives the example of Iman with a tree. Nabi Islam also in the Hadith Sharif gives the Hadith Sharif gives the Hadith Sharif gives the example of a tree. Al Iman wa sab'oona shu'ba. Iman has more than 70 branches. More than 70 branches. So now these branches. So like that, like a person now he sees that tree, but there's no branches, the trunk has come out, there's no branches, what's going to get out of here? Now the trunk has come, then the branches come. What is the message? That mashallah, that tree of Iman is there, that trunk is there, but the branches of Ibadat must come through now. There must be salah in his life. If zakat is compulsory, he's discharging the zakat. Month of Ramadan comes, he's fasting. If Hajj is first, is fulfilling that all the various other requirements of deen, what Allah has made compulsory, 
these things are there, all the ibadat is in his life. So like these branches of the tree, now all these ibadats are all visible. Those ibadats are living in his life. And these are not just by the way things, these are extremely important. In the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah has mentioned, the first thing a person will be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah is his salah. If the salah comes out in order, everything else will be in order, inshallah. The salah is, there's a problem already there, other things are in a bigger problem. On one occasion, Hazrat Umar anhu, he wrote to his governor, now all the governors of the different areas, he's Amir al-Mu'mineen, and can you imagine what amount of responsibility now he has to keep to the whole state, now, all the governors, Regularly now guiding them, giving them advice. So he writes to them some advice. What advice? How to take care that nobody is now getting up to any kind of rebellion or how to run the state. No, no, what he writes there on that occasion, he writes, Inna ahamma umurikum indi Everything that you do, all your issues, all your matters, the most important to me is your salah. مَنْ حَفِظَهَا وَحَافَظَ عَلَيْهَا فَهُوَ لِمَا سِوَاهَا أَحْفَلُ The one who will be punctual on the salah and he'll be conscious about it, very very diligently performing it, then he will be more careful and guard the rest of deen to a greater extent. The one who protects his salah, he will protect the rest of deen to a greater extent. وَمَنْ ضَيَّعَهَا فَهُوَ لِمَا سِوَاهَا And if he discard his salah, he destroys his salah, he'll destroy the rest of deen to a greater extent. So Umar is Amir al-Mu'mineen, he's writing to his governor, this is his advice. Put your salah in order, everything else will come in order. And if you're going to be cutting corners in salah, you'll start cutting corners in everything else. So, this ibadah must come alive in the tree of Iman. Then together with this ibadat, and this ibadat, one is the first level of the ibadat. Very often, this is what we want to suffice on. I did my first. And as far as the sunnah is concerned, well, it's sunnah. The tone is very dangerous. In other words, it's just a sunnah, so you can leave it out. The tone is very, very dangerous. It can jeopardize the person's iman. Sunnah doesn't mean sabbat, doesn't mean sabbat, doesn't mean something that can be left out. Sunnah is something to give one's life for. It's a different matter that the fuqaha, the jurists have categorized things in different categories. That is a technical categorization that something is a farz, something is a wajib, some is sunnah-e-maqtada, something is sunnah-e-ghair-maqtada, something is mustahab. That's a technical classification and it has its place where this is necessary to be dealt with. But for a person's amal, sunnah is sunnah. He will do everything possible to make sure he never pursues it. And on the day of Qiyamah, when a person's farz is now taken to account, the hadith sharif comes that when a person's farz is going to be checked, if there is any deficiency, then it will be said that, okay, see if it has any nafil. If it has any nafil, the sunnah also will also come in this category. So make up the deficiency with this. And if not, then this is a big problem. 
So the quality, not the quantity. If the quality was deficient, the quantity is a problem, then it's a big problem. But if the quality was deficient, it will be made up with this. So the ibadat must come alive. Then deen is far beyond just a few things. Deen is every aspect of life. So the tree, the tree comes up with its branches, but there's no leaves on it. That's not good enough yet. The leaves must come. When the leaves come all over the place, now it will give the beautiful shade. And anybody comes into this shade, they feel comforted. They feel so nice, so comfortable. So likewise, the tree of Iman, the leaves of Mu'asharat must come to. Mu'asharat, social life, social interaction. How does a person live with people? How does he live with his parents? How does he live with his family members? How does he live with his neighbors? With others in society? What kind of conduct he conducts in terms of interaction with people? So now he conducts himself in such a way that everybody enjoys the shade of him. Whether it's the parents, they are comforted by the shade of the person's conduct. And whether it's his wife and children, they are also comforted by it. They are not wishing that, like sometimes, one person says, my wife makes a lot of dua for me. So one day he listened and heard carefully what dua she is making for him. So she is making very earnest dua. Allah, give my husband shahadat very quickly. So now she is making dua for him. She is making dua for him. She is making dua for him. What a wonderful dua. But she was actually asking something else in as they say, between the lines. Allah, give me relief very quickly. So this is not the shade that should be given by this. There was no, no leaves on that tree. So, this leaves of Mu'asharat must come. And Mu'asharat, if you look into the ahadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, there's such great emphasis on this. The Quran Sharif, Quran Sharif is a very concise book of principles. Very concise book. In the Qur'an Sharif you'll find the command of performing salah more than 500 times, 700 times, 700 times, 700 times. But the details of salah, how many rakats in Fajr, how many in Zohar, what's to be recited in each rakat, all that is in the Hadith Sharif. Qur'an Sharif is a book of principles. But in this very concise book of principles, you'll find the details, some details of how parents should be treated. You'll find the details of how neighbors should be treated. You'll find the details of how a wife must be treated. وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ فَإِنْ كَرِهْتُمُوهُنَّ فَعَسَىٰ أَنْ تَكْرَهُ شَيْئًا وَإِجْعَلَ اللَّهُ فِي خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا Allah Ta'ala in this concise book is saying, treat them kindly. Can you imagine? مُعَشَرَتْ Allah Ta'ala wants everybody must be comforted in the shade of the tree. It must be very leafy tree. Everyone must feel the shade. Nobody must feel the heat in the presence of this tree. All must enjoy the shade. So when this Mu'asharat is in place, the leaves of Mu'asharat are there, then whether it's the neighbor, whether it's the people of the household, whoever it might be, everybody will feel this comfort. Allah Ta'ala wants us to give this comfort. And then, that tree is not enough in that tree. Not enough in that tree. The tree has the leaves, but those leaves still don't have that attraction, have that attraction without the flowers. Those flowers now come onto the tree, that even from a distance, a person stops to look at it. 
uh, some places in the world, whole lot of trees, they suddenly just flower at a certain time in such a wonderful way. Allah Ta'ala's Qudrat. So it is, somebody mentioned people come from different parts of the world to come and see them. Now just to come and see it and go away and achieve nothing out of it is futile. But a person throughout anywhere, he sees the signs of the Qudrat, Qudrat, Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala and recognizes Allah Ta'ala by All these colors and these beautiful shades, it just came like that. All the shapes and sizes of the various things, various things, various things, the fruit and whatever else, all these trees and flowers and this high, the sky and the stars shining in it and this earth and all the various things that grow to it, all this just came about just like that. This is what Allah Ta'ala speaks of in the Quran Sharif. وَكَأَيِّمْ مِنْ آيَةٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ يَمُرُّونَ عَلَيْهَا وَهُمْ عَنْهَا مُعْرِضُونَ How many signs in the heavens and earth they pass by it, just ignoring it. Meaning they don't take it to reflect and to recognize the Creator. At the most, they will say, what a beautiful scene, and that's it. And they'll enjoy it only for their nafs. But to look at it and recognize the Creator, recognize Allah Taala. Who created it? Like the person seeing the painting and he's praising the painting, but then he wants to know who's the artist. It's not the painting, it's the hand that, the hand that, the hand that drew it. So likewise, these things around us should remind us of Allah Taala's Qudrat. And we should become, it should become a means of recognizing Allah So now this beautiful flower come onto the sea, then it starts attracting a person from far and wide. But distance the person is driving also, he stops to look at it. So likewise, the sea of Iman, the beautiful flowers of Mu'amalad, of correct dealing, <coughs> monetary dealing, transaction, those beautiful flowers of Mu'amalat will come onto that sea. If anybody comes into contact with this person and they start dealing with him, the person might be the worst atheist also. He might be somebody who is the worst enemy of the Muslims. But because he has to now deal with the person for some reason or the other, that dealing melts his heart. The manner in which he was dealt with, the honesty, the transparency, the upright manner, and in that the kindness and courtesy and the compassion and the love and less love manner in which things were dealt with. Not that I'll love and you die. I'll love at your expense. No, no, love and death love. So that manner in which the person was dealt with, he wants to know, but where did this come from? How did you manage to learn? Where you learned how to do this? How to deal in this manner? Such a clean and clear way. So upright, so honest, so to your word. He's not my dream talking to me. No, it's good of mine. My Nabi Sallallahu taught me this. This is his beautiful way of life. This is what my Quran Sharif gives me. No credit to me as a person. The credit is to Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala's gift that He blessed us with Iman, blessed us with Iman, blessed us with Iman. And this is the teachings of our Rasulullah <laughs> Indonesia which has the biggest Muslim population in the world. <laughs> the people of Indonesia came into Islam through the Muslim traders. The first traders came and they settled there, Muslim traders came and settled and 
the manner in which they traded, the manner in which they conducted themselves in their day-to-day business, they perhaps were not even saying anything about Islam. But the way that they were conducting themselves started attracting people towards them. And it became the biggest Muslim country. Not far away from us in Africa, if you look at the history of Malawi, Malawi, there was a person by the name of Abdullah Jumbe. He was the first Muslim that came with a whole group of people. He came as a trader. From wherever he came and set up whatever bases, various places, and started trading really. And that became the means of the people coming to Islam. There was a time when Malawi had a 95% Muslim population. Unfortunately, that has gone much lesser than that now. But there was a time when it had a 95% Muslim population. But the people came into Islam by means of the traders. So this beautiful Muamalat, the flowers of Muamalat, not only how beautiful it is, its fragrance will be reaching far and wide. And then it doesn't finish off there yet. That mashallah, that tree has its branches, and it has its leaves, and it's giving that beautiful shade, and those flowers are so attractive. But still there's something missing. When that tree has fruit also, then that's now complete. So likewise, the fruit of akhlaq, of good character, this is in the Hadith Sharif, Rasulullah sallallahu says that the weightiest thing on the scales of good deeds, on the day of Qiyamah, is good akhlaq. There is nothing weightier than good akhlaq on the scales of good deeds. Good akhlaq, good akhlaq includes all the aspects of good character, not merely just what we understand as etiquette. Saying please, say thank you, that's a person with very good character. No, no, that's etiquette. Obviously that too is something required to be courteous, to be uh, expressing gratitude. But that's etiquette. Akhlaq is way beyond that. Akhlaq includes aspects like sabr. How much of sabr does a person have? And sabr is such a great part of akhlaq that Nabi Islam says that a person hasn't been bestowed with a greater gift and a more comprehensive gift. Khayran wa awsa'a min sabr which is a part of good akhlaq and it's one of the most uh, comprehensive aspects of akhlaq. The person has sabr in him. He has shukar in him. Gratitude. Gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. Gratitude to mankind. He has qana'at and contentment in him. They're all part of akhlaq. That he's not constantly just in the greed of dunya but qana'at. He has hilm and tolerance. He has compassion, forgiveness. And all the various aspects of good akhlaq. So when the person has all these aspects in his life, now that tree of iman is complete. And then that tree also requires to be watered. That tree, mashallah, is there, but it's not, not receiving any water. And like in the Quran Sharif, in the eyes of the Quran Sharif, just to add to that point, Allah Ta'ala says, it's not a seasonal tree. It's giving off its fruit at every moment. It's not a seasonal tree. So likewise, this Mu'min is not a seasonal person. That is the month of Ramadan, so now he's in full gear. 
And now it's after Ramadan, and it just depends on which part of the year. Either in third year, or second year, or first year, and Allah forbid that if it's depending what time of the year, if it's December or the holiday period, he goes in reverse year. Then the salah that you're performing five times a day, now it comes to sometimes one time a day, sometimes nothing to. And, and then if the salah is in place, but you're taking tilawat daily, well it's not holiday time. So now, tilawat, so now in holiday, reverse year. Nawaki you are making sometimes ishraat, sometimes awabin, sometimes tahajjud, all reverse year, finish nothing. And then he was, mashallah, upholding himself like a Muslim. No, this place I can't go to, this I can't do. No, holiday time, in the midst of the crowds, all in reverse here. Everything goes. Doesn't matter what nudity is around, doesn't matter what kind of environment is prevailing. Allah is saying, no, no, this is a tree that's not a seasonal tree. It's a tree that's evergreen and forever giving its fruits. And throughout the year it is forever benefiting everyone. So this tree, whether it is the month of Ramadan, whether it is some other time of the year, it is forever this person is fulfilling all his amal, in all his amal, yet indeed, sometimes when it is, sometimes when it is the rains are there, then it will grow even more, there even more fruit, but it never gets dry. It never stops giving fruit. All the amal are constant, consistent. But then it requires also watering. It requires the rains. So likewise, this tree of Iman, it requires its watering. Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala has provided His remembrance. The zikr of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, the tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, the tasbihat, all these aspects water this tree of Iman. And the remembrance of Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, this is the greatest thing Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala mentions in the Qur'an Sharif, وَلَذِكْرُ اللَّهِ أَكْبَرُ and the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, this is the greatest, this is the essence of everything. The essence of Salah, وَأَقِيمِ الصَّلَاةَ لِذِكْرِ Establish Salah for my Zikr, for my remembrance. Unfortunately, Zikr also because of that mindset. Well, it's a mustahab thing. So, if it's mustahab meaning, we'll it out. Whereas this is the water of the tree of Iman. And to the extent that this will be watered correctly, be watered correctly, be watered correctly, the zikr will be made regularly, daily, giving it due time. Person has time for everything, we have time for all kinds of futile things also. We have time for social media, we have time for other things. If there isn't time, there isn't time for Quran Shari, Tilawat, there isn't time to recite Duru Shari from the Sulullah. It is in time to make the zikr of Allah Taala. Dedicated time. One is by the way time. Dedicated time. Then when a person will keep watching the tree of Iman, and then together with that, the water that will be very, very beneficial for him is to make an effort for himself, to make an effort for others also. That too tremendously waters the tree of Iman. So this is the message Allah Taala is giving us in this ayat of the Quran Sharif that this tree of Iman, we have to constantly be watching it. We have to constantly be maintaining it. And this tree must come alive in all its facets. It must bring out those branches of Ibadat. It must bring out those leaves of Mu'asharat. It must bring out those beautiful flowers of Mu'amlat. It must bring out those beautiful fruit. And the fruit must be so, so great. 
and such wonderful taste that it will become export quality from far and wide, people will get attracted by the taste of the true to Iman. So, this is the message Allah is giving us in this ayat of the Quran Sharif, very quickly and briefly to just discuss the Hadith Sharif, which Rasulullah gives the same example, that Iman has more than 70 branches. The greatest branch, Qawlu La Ilaha Illallah. Saying La Ilaha Illallah. This is the greatest zikr also. Afzalu zikr, La Ilaha Illallah. And on another hadith, Afzalu zikr is referred to also till out of the Quran Sharif. That both are on par. Or in what aspect, this is the greatest in terms of the azkar. And what has come down as wahi, the Quran Sharif, that is greatest in that regard. So daily the zikr of La ilaha illallah and the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, no day of a mu'min should pass without it. So in this hadith, Nabi Islam says this is the greatest, the iman itself. And then the repetition of La ilaha illallah, shin of La ilaha illallah, shin of La ilaha illallah. The smallest branch of Iman, smallest branch, this is comparatively speaking smallest. It's like one person has got 100 million and the other person got 10 million. So now compared to the 100 million, it's very small. But it's still 10 million. So likewise, this is a branch of Iman. Beyond our imagination how great it is. What is the smallest branch of Iman? Nabi Islam says, Imaatatul Adha Anit Tariq. That moving away something that will inconvenience somebody out of the way, moving out of the path. Something of, that will cause some taklif, cause some inconvenience. Somebody dropped something by mistake or deliberately, whatever it is. Somebody left something in the pathway. So now the person who passed thereafter saw it, he says, no, I cannot pass by without moving it out of the way. Now that's an example of saying that he does not leave any, anything in such a way, no matter what it might be, that will cause taklif to others. Why? My fellow Muslims must not be harmed in any way. So now, doesn't matter, I'm not responsible for this. I didn't do this, somebody else did it. But my Iman doesn't allow me to pass by this without taking it out of the way, so nobody gets any hurt, any taklif. Now, if the person has brought the smallest branch of Iman alive, where will he give taklif to anybody deliberately? One mistake is mistake, insan is insan, anybody can make a mistake sometimes. But pre-planning and pre-meditating how to harm the next person, harboring jealousy in the heart of somebody else, by wishing now ill for him, wishing harm for him, where would that be possible? But the heart is filled with this well-wishing for everyone. When somebody else has dropped something in the way, he can't pass by without moving it out, so that nobody else is hurt. Where he is going to deliberately hurt somebody? This is the smallest branch of Iman. Can we imagine the smallest branch of Iman comes alive in a person? How much comes alive? He becomes the greatest well-wisher for everybody. Smallest branch of Iman. He becomes the greatest well-wisher for everybody. His heart will be clean of any malice. His heart will be clean of any jealousy. He will not be premeditating any kind of harm for anyone else. He will not be pleased at somebody else's downfall. He won't be happy for somebody else's destruction. And he won't be feeling grieved at somebody else's progress. He'll be a well-wisher for everyone. His Iman will dictate it because the smallest branch of Iman has come alive. Can you imagine when the rest of Iman comes alive? 
to maintain this haya and to keep building this haya in every aspect of life how a person conducts himself, how he talks what he does, what he does not do how the dressing is, what kind of dressing is adopted whether for males, especially for females and it's very easy to know what direction things are going just compare it with 25, 30 years ago 40 years ago if our grandparents had become alive they might die same time of shock again that is the slide at which things are happening. And Allah forbid if this is not, if this tide is not reversed, what will happen to the next generation, the generation thereafter? Whereas Rasulullah says, Iman and Haya are together. When Haya goes, Iman won't stay. The rate at which Haya is being lost through the media, through whatever carries on, whatever comes into our homes and all those things, and pictures and whatever, and now everything in everybody's hand, which is just destroying haya. Now, when there's no haya, in the hadith it comes, If you've lost your haya, you'll do anything. If you've lost your haya, you'll do anything. A person who has lost his haya, say, why must I bother my life? So now it doesn't matter to him who's saying what, who's saying. Only sometimes a person his haya has decreased to the point he forgot about Allah Ta'ala. So now he's ducking and diving and doing things. But he's still worried about Islam. But then as that haya drops even further, he forgot about Allah Ta'ala already. Now he even forgets about Islam. He say, anybody wants to see what I'm doing, come see. The shame goes away completely. Then a person forgets he's a father, he forgets he's a husband, he forgets who he is and where he is. When Haya goes, person will do what he wants and he'll be proud of it also. This is why Rasulullah is highlighting this. That the greatest branch of Iman is mentioned, the smallest branch of Iman is mentioned. And from the 70 more and more branches, only one other branch is mentioned. The two ends have been mentioned, in between only one. Well, Haya is a huge branch of Iman. Haya itself is that branch from which branches come out. Haya is that branch from which the branch of Adab comes out. If a person has Haya, he'll have respect. If he doesn't have Haya, he lost his Haya, he'll have no respect whatsoever. And that is why when a person sometimes does something disrespectful, say, what a shameless thing he did. So no shame how he spoke. The child speaks in a way out of turn. So no shame how he spoke. Actually he's got no respect. But the respect stemmed out of lack of shame. That respect stemmed out of shame. When that shame went away, that branch automatically fell away. Because you cut the branch from which another branch came out. This branch falls, that falls with it. So like that, many other branches fall with it also. So this tree of Iman, this requires this maintenance, requires this effort. One is this watching by means of this tasbihat, zikr, tilawat of the Quran Sharif. Being in the gatherings and environments of being and making an effort on the sea of Iman 
bring out the sifat of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, making an effort on our iman, inviting one another towards this iman, and towards maintaining the sea of iman. This is what will inshallah keep our own sea of iman alive, and will help to water the trees of others also. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives me also the tawfiq, and all of us the tawfiq, that we bring all these amal alive in our lives, we become constant on our salah five times a day, we start making the tilawat of the Qur'an Shari'im daily, we start making the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala daily, bring alive the true mu'amalat, the correct mu'amalat and healing, bring the alive the mu'asharat, and the social life that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has and also the beautiful akhlaq that he taught, Allah ta'ala bless us with all this, wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, we'll make zikr for a few minutes, and then we'll go on. This report in the Hadith Sharif that a person recites La ilaha illallah hundred times daily. Allah Ta'ala will cause his face to shine with the 14th moon of the day of Qiyamah. What this means is that inshallah with the barakat of this daily recitation, Allah Ta'ala will grant him the tawfiq of righteous actions and save him from sin. And this will become the means of his great honor on the day of Qiyamah. Therefore inshallah we should try to do this the daily we recite La ilaha illallah hundred times. Make it a standard practice. We set our time in our own place, own home. And daily, inshallah, we try to complete this one, this be of La ilaha illallah. When saying La ilaha, bring to mind that all the ghayrullah, everything that is a barrier between us and reaching Allah Ta'ala, all this has been taken out of our hearts. All the evils, all the filth, all the illicit things, the love of dunya, whatever else becomes a barrier in reaching Allah Ta'ala, all this has been taken and thrown out. And illallah is this nur that is settling in the heart, which is the love of Allah Ta'ala, beside this. Allah <laughs> على حبيبك خير الخلق للخلق للخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله لا اله الا الله 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 لا إله إلا 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 الله ل